0: The Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang.
1: Well, the Baseball Hall of Fame will have a brand new member, but is it a little bit
0: controversial,
1: dare I say? Steve Zinsmeister and Cody Fincher with you on the Ain't No Fang podcast here at Arizonasports.com and on the Arizona Sports app. And Bear, let me tell you, Every year, I feel like we go through this. It's the steroid guys versus the rest of the world when it comes to getting into the Hall of Fame.
0: Yep, and surprise, none of them got in. Well, uh, I don't well, know about that. Well, I guess, technically, David Ortiz did show up in the Mitchell Report. Yeah. I think he, like, tested positive for PEDs in 2003 or something like that. He did. Um. So, I, I mean... Never suspended but like, but, for it, I don't think. Was But he? David Ortiz, I feel like, is never considered in the same category as guys like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all that stuff. Because when David Ortiz tested positive for PEDs, that was his first year in Boston, if I'm not mistaken, 03. Um, so they ha- they. had that's the year they lost to the Yankees and the ALCS. And then obviously 04, they broke the curse. Um, but... I mean, he had just gotten to Boston. He had not really established himself yet, so he wasn't very, like, well-known, I, I guess you could say, in that year. I mean, I hadn't heard of David Ortiz until, you know, after 04, obviously. Well, he was a below-average corner outfield yeah. bat in Minnesota and a
1: guy who shouldn't have even been in the outfield at all, and then he goes to Boston, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's a DH,
0: and he's maybe one of the best hitters in baseball by the time 2004 ends. Yep. So it's weird, too, because normally like a couple other guys get in, you know, like sometimes they barely scrape in. But David Ortiz is the only person on the ballot that was elected by the Baseball Writers Association this year. Um, Barry Bonds. uh, Well, first of all, David Ortiz got seventy seven point nine percent of the vote. Um, Barry Bonds got sixty-six percent, Clemens sixty-five point two, Scott Rowland got sixty-three point two percent, and then Kurt Schilling fifty-eight point six percent, and then right beneath him was Todd Helton, fifty-two percent. I'm guessing Todd Helton will probably get in eventually. Um Scott Rowland, I guess, probably will too. But the big thing here is now Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling are no longer on the the ballot to be voted for. So I mean I guess there's this thing called the today's game committee that now like there's a ballot. I, 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 if I'm understanding it correctly, the today's game committee is made up of a certain number of players and coaches that will vote to see if maybe some of those guys can get in the hall of fame. So if, if I'm going to predict here, I think Barry bonds will at least get in um, because I feel like there's enough support now for him um, to get in, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like we've kind of evolved in a way where maybe a few years ago, and I think some of the writers are still stuck in this form of thinking that, oh, Barry Bonds cheated and we're punishing him by not letting him in, the, not voting for him to get into the Hall of Fame. And then there's a certain, also a number of writers that don't like Barry Bonds because he wasn't uh, media friendly. And that's just – that's I feel like that's wrong,
1: right? Well, and you got to put it in context, too, of, like, uh, he didn't treat the media well in San Francisco. Uh, Everyone kind of – like, they were kind of suspicious that something was going on steroid-wise, but he – Yeah, because he was mean about it.
0: He showed up one spring training, and his head grew, like, three sizes. Right. And his – he had – his cleats didn't fit because his feet grew and he was 30-something years old. It's like, oh, did you just go through a growth spurt, Barry? What the heck happened here? And his, his, none of it. His batting helmets didn't fit. His uniform probably didn't fit. <laughs> like, I mean, it, I feel like it's it was never proven on paper. I, I don't think that Barry Bonds did steroids. But we kind of all know that he did, right? I mean, look at look when he first got to San Francisco and when he was in Pittsburgh, his stature. And then all of a sudden he is like the Incredible Hulk and is out there. And it looked like he even grew in height and his obviously got he got way more bulky and his head size grew his feet grew it's like of well, course you did something you didn't yeah. just bench press over the summer or over the over the winter Barry like you know what's going on well go back um, and
1: read the book Game of Shadows and look at the great reporting that was done in there and I mean you'll be fully convinced that something did happen and, and quite frankly it's things that we all kind of know about that are unspoken but at the same time the David Ortiz situation which you laid out pretty well he tested positive but it wasn't supposed to be public. It got released in the Mitchell Report, which wasn't supposed to be public, and even Rob Manfred, back then, said at the same time, he's like, I wish these things hadn't gone public. They weren't supposed to. So we weren't supposed to know that David Ortiz tested positive for a banned substance. By the way, doesn't mean that it was a steroid, but we all kind of know what that means when you test positive for a banned substance in baseball. I mean, there's not a lot of banned substances that make you worse. You know what I mean? So we all kind of know, but David Ortiz is a likable guy. You look too. I mean, even towards the end of his career, you had the Boston Marathon bombing where he goes out on the field and he says, this is our bleeping city and everyone goes nuts. And it's like his Hall of Fame moment almost. I mean, aside from his playing career, which was also great and winning championships and he won them early in his career, but he also won them late in his career. He was consistent and he's the greatest designated hitter of all time. All of those things were kind of the perfect storm to just completely negate the narrative from early in his career that he was attached to steroids it was a narrative that was out there and I feel like a lot of guys overcome stuff like that that happens early in their career if that had happened like the year before he retired I don't know that we're talking about David Ortiz getting into the hall of fame right now
0: yeah you might be right about that to be honest um, which is weird and I don't know how to feel about it I'm just I, I thought this was the year that at least I, I don't know about Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling is kind of being shunned for other reasons, not steroids, but his political views and his, he's he's just kind of gone off the deep end in recent. And remember, remember last year he wanted to be taken off the ballot to, altogether. He didn't even want to be on the ballot this year um, for whatever reason. But I thought this year was going to be the year where Barry Bonds got elected to the hall of fame. Like whether or not you, you know, I, I'm sure there are people that are going to listen to this and be like, he doesn't deserve it. He cheated, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, Roger Clemens doesn't deserve it. He cheated the game. Mark McGuire didn't deserve it. He cheated. Sammy. So it's the same thing. But the fact of the matter is that one, and I don't, I don't like Barry Bonds either. I mean, I'm a, I'm a D-backs fan since you know the team started. And I remember Barry Bonds just being a pain in the butt all the time. Every time I would watch a D-backs game or go to a game where they were playing the Giants, Barry Bonds would come up to the plate and I would boo Barry Bonds. And maybe it was part of the whole steroid thing. I didn't like cheating either. I I refuse to acknowledge that the Astros are 2017 champions because they cheated. So I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, it was never really officially proven that he did it and the records still stand with his name next to it he is the all-time leader in home runs he's the all, he's the he is the uh uh single season home run king as well and i think jeff passen said on espn and he put it very very nicely you can't tell the story of major league baseball without Barry Bonds. Have you ever been to the Hall and, of Fame? I have not. I wanna go. Um I do want to go one day. I've never been. So
1: you know what's interesting ha- about it? Have you been there? Yeah, I have. Oh nice. you know what's interesting? If you go through, walk through, it's a museum, right? That's what the Hall of Fame is. And yeah. there's there's the Hall of, I don't know what they call it, but let's just call it the Hall of Faces because it sounds like a Game of Thrones thing. But like, you know, <laughs> you get your plaque in the in the Hall of Fame. That's like the yeah. most memorable thing. It's like the bust in the NFL, right? Right, right. So there's that, you know, there's the hall with all the, you know, and you look at the plaques and you read about their great achievements. But really, there's a whole museum. You walk through, it's like a, it's like a story. It's the story of baseball. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is all of these guys who didn't get in this year, they're all in there. They're like all their, in there. Their
0: stuff is in there, Yeah, too. you look
1: You look through the the historical artifacts and stuff. Like, Of course they're in there. Barry Bonds is mentioned in the Hall of Fame. I remember I went and I saw the ball that he hit that was like, what, 756 or whatever it was? Or maybe it yeah, was 716. Yeah. I forget which one. Oh, no,
0: yeah, 7, 716. Whichever
1: yeah. one it was that the the fan caught and burned the asterisk into, that's in the Hall of Fame. That's a Barry Bonds <laughs> moment that's a baseball moment in our
0: history, but it's in there. So why are we not okay with putting their face on a plaque? They're right. already in there. I, I think it's kind of different though, when like your memorabilia is in there versus you were elected to the hall of fame. You are a hall of famer, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's different. And, um, I don't know it, for me, I'm okay with Barry Bonds getting in. I don't like Barry Bonds, like I said, but uh I don't know. I just felt like he was very unlikable. Um but then again, that we're falling into the same trap. Is that okay to keep someone out of the hall of fame because they were unlikable? You know, there are I'm sure there are plenty of people in the baseball hall of fame that were unlikable. Sure. Um everyone points that Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame, but You know, this guy's not Ty Cobb was not a likable person. Um, But and then you think about this, too. So none of the steroid era guys really are in there like the McGuire, the Sosa, the Bonds. But yet Bud Selig, who was the commissioner during the steroid era, is in the Hall of Fame. He oversaw all that. So I don't understand why some of these guys aren't being not that they're not allowed to be in but aren't getting votes to get in when the commissioner of that era of baseball was elected to the Hall of Fame.
1: Right. So it's what I was looking at too is Barry Bonds this is his last year on the
0: ballot, right? 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, him him Bonds, Clemens and Schilling are now off the ballot. And I and, think possibly Sammy Sosa as well. And they were 2nd, 3rd and
1: 5th respectively in terms of who got the most votes this year. David Ortiz is the only one that got elected in on, on the ballot this year at 79.9% or 77.9%. By the way, that he just barely squeaked in, but it's first year of eligibility. What do you so. what do you need to get in? You need 75 what is the 75%. 75. So he it. beat okay. it by about 3%. Which, you know, I expected him to do. Not everybody gets in with, you know, 96% on the first ballot. That's like a Derek Jeter level thing. But at the same time, Barry Bonds is interesting because if you look back at the last couple of years of him on the ballot, it's gone up every year. Incrementally, at first, he's again 1% more this year, 1% more this year, and then 1% the next. But you know how much he jumped by this year compared to last year? Barry Bonds jumped about 5 percentage points. And mm. that's remarkable to me because it's his last year, and I'm willing to bet some of those votes that caused that five percent jump, which is a lot when you're pretty close. I'm willing to bet those are people who looked at the situation and said, "You know what? This is his last chance, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go for it." And I think that's the reason why the veterans Com- committee or whatever the committee is that's going to have to eventually vote in all these steroid people, if that's what they so choose. I think that they're going to take a hard look at the steroid level, guys, because Bonds is sitting at 66%. Clemens is 65%. Schilling is at 59%. Those guys are really all close, which tells you what? That the same people are voting against them. The same people are voting for and against them because of the steroid thing. Nobody's making the argument Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Curt Schilling weren't Hall of Fame level players. Their productions there. You lit. You listed it all out for Bonds earlier. Nobody's nobody's trying to make the argument. He's not the best hitter of all time. Like like he he pretty right. much is the greatest production wise. He's the greatest hitter of our lifetimes. And maybe the, the sports history. Maybe Babe Ruth has
0: an argument or Ted Williams. People still play that video on you know hi- highlights or Sports Center or whatever of when Buck Showalter, who was managing the Diamondbacks at the time, walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded to make yeah. it a one-run game. Right just so they didn't have to face him. The guy got like, on base 50% of the time in his prime. Right. He was insane. Ridiculous. I would love to know who the who the 9.4% of people voted for Jimmy Rollins this year. Jimmy like, Rollins, he got 9%. He got 9.4. Bobby Abreu got 8.6. Mark Burley got 5.8. Sometimes I wonder I mean, if those are ah. like beat writers
1: from specific places, like did Philadelphia beat writers or Philadelphia-based yeah. guys well, vote for
0: Jimmy Rollins more so than other people? I'm looking at this number. Omar Vizquel got 23.9%. Didn't he just recently get in trouble for like domestic violence or something? Uh, I don't know exactly the situation, but it, he's got something I think there. he Yeah, I'm like, so... Roberto Alomar was this him? year, I think, this past year, but yeah. Um, Manny Ramirez got 28.9%. That's another guy who did steroids as well but you know so. what's
1: interesting is david ortiz is the greatest designated hitter of all time fair yeah
0: he's that's number fair. one edgar martinez
1: is number two probably <laughs> yeah like yeah, full-time yeah, dhs yeah. i think you're right so Nelson david Ortiz Cruz might in. be up there now yeah and he'll be on the ballot eventually another guy who cheated by the way um but at the same time you've got guys like billy wagner who got 51 percent this year he's probably not getting in at this rate Billy Wagner is arguably, in my opinion, top five closer of all time. That's a very specific role. Don't, I mean, Mariano yeah. Mariano got in easy because he's the greatest of all time. Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman got in easy. He led the league in saves for a long, long time. Billy Wagner's probably not going to get in, and he's one of the top five at his position all time. You talk about Omar Vizquel, 23% of the vote. He's probably the greatest fielding shortstop of all time. Well, maybe Ozzie Smith, but they're right there, neck and neck. That's what he's he's the best all time at something. And he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. I think of Kenny Lofton might be the second greatest base stealer of all time behind Ricky Henderson. He's Mm -hmm. not even on the ballot anymore. He didn't even get enough votes to stay on the ballot. So I I find that very interesting that baseball purists who make these votes, they'll vote for the well-rounded guys, but they won't vote for the guys who were the best in their in their sport at one individual thing. I find that interesting. (laughs)
0: and going back to just the steroid guys and maybe that's the reason they don't get in because they quote unquote cheated. Do you realize just how much cheating there is in baseball? Like it sucks to think about, but like, I feel like baseball, like their entire sport is just kind of, I don't know, has a foundation of cheaters if you all the way back to you know the the the, the Chicago White Sox team the uh, what are they called the Black Sox they threw games yeah um, Pete Rose betting against teams he was managing against or whatever whatever it was betting on baseball i guess it's not really cheating but it can be cheating i guess um you know the the guys in the 70s and the 80s who were basically all doing drugs and speed um the steroid guys and then most recently we have the houston astros and their and their videotaping scandal just there's so much cheating in baseball it's (laughs) it sucks because i love baseball i don't like cheating and baseball is my favorite sport but it's almost like you kind of have to accept that everyone in this sport has cheated basically. It's kind of funny you <laughs>
1: mentioned that because uh, I was looking at who's going to be on the ballot for the first time next year and the highest war, the highest career war for a player that's going to be new next year is Carlos Beltron, who was heavily involved in the Astros cheating scandal as well and lost his job as a as a manager because of it. So he's going to be eligible next year. Alex Rodriguez is number one in war on the ballot next year. He only got 34% of the vote this year. So kind of not looking like he's going to get in. And he's an admitted cheater. Uh, you've got Manny Ramirez who tested positive for uh, for like estrogen to cover up the steroids he was using. Uh, yeah. So it's a whole mess right now. But can I, can I make this point? And I don't even know how strong I feel about this, but I'm going to throw it out there. If we're not going to allow people who use steroids into the Hall of Fame, then we should ban players who test positive for steroids from playing the game for the rest of their life. Mm. Like, why do, we, why do we allow a player to test positive and they, what is first offense? Is it 50 games or 80 games?
0: I think oh, it, I don't know that off the top of my head. I think it's I think it's
1: eighty. Let's just say it's eighty because uh, let's just assume, and then it incrementally gets higher, right? Like the, the next defense, it's like it's a full season because A. Rod did that, tested positive multiple times. Uh, Robinson Cano has tested positive lately. Uh, Melky Cabrera is a guy that tested positive multiple times. If we're willing to let them come back and continue playing the game
0: after they serve their time, why are we not letting them into the Hall of Fame? Well, Alex Rodriguez served the longest suspension in Major League Baseball history. Didn't he get suspended for a whole season? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Steroids, and he came back and proceeded to get into the 600 home run club. You know, <laughs> and if it's and such that a was serious celebrated. offense, if it's so
1: serious of an offense that we're keeping you out
0: of the Hall of Fame, why let him play the game again? Exactly. I, and I just never. I, I don't really agree anymore. Now that I've matured. Um I've <laughs> I've never I don't really agree with the, the whole like keeping them out of the hall of fame is a good punishment for them cheating. I'm like, but like I don't know. It, it's it's hard to it's hard to argue. I they cheated, right? They cheated. The when Jose Altuve is up for the Hall of Fame vote, um you do you think that the 2017 videotape scandal and the buzzer and all that stuff is gonna be hanging over his head. You bet. You bet it will. Well here's if the- Carlos if Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman become all-time greats in this game, are they gonna be you know exiled from the Hall of Fame because they they were a part of that 2017 Astros team? Well, think of it this way, too. There's no is that hard... different than doing steroids? A little bit, but I see your point, though.
1: They did something wrong that cheated somebody else out of a possible championship. Uh, here's the other question, though. Is it even possible to prevent these things from occurring to voters? Because remember, this is voted on by writers. So you can't just make a hard and fast rule like, okay, you cannot keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame because he did steroids. Remember, none of these ballots are required to be public. Even we've got a lot of baseball writers who make their ballots and they don't even make them public. They don't tell anybody who they voted for or why they don't have right. to justify their vote. So even if baseball decided, you know what, we're getting rid of the uh, the character clause or whatever they call it, the, the clause that basically says you have to be a good guy to get into the Hall of Fame. Let's say they <laughs> get rid of that. Let's say they scrap that. Let's say the commissioner comes out tomorrow and says, you know what? we cannot vote against a player because they did steroids. We got to give them a shot. That doesn't necessarily equate to the the writers next year voting for those same people. They right. could just vote against them and say, eh, I just didn't think they deserved it. You That's all they really, have to say.
0: Because then you'd be almost forcing the writers to vote for someone they don't want to vote for. And is that right either? No. I, it's just, it's kind of a flawed system. And it's just... And I'm not saying everyone in the baseball writers that has a Hall of Fame vote is an old fart or anything, but it's just kind of this whole just like, well, I'm going to stick it to Barry Bonds because I used to cover him in San Francisco and he was a huge jerk to me, you know, and he was a huge jerk to the media. And then he cheated. Why would we put a cheater in there? it's, it's, It's a shame that guys. And again, for I think like the fourth time I've said it, I don't like Barry Bonds either. I don't like him. Um, I don't think he he's one of those guys where it almost just like infuriates you that he even took steroids because he didn't need steroids. He was already a great player and it just like sucks. That's what sucked about the Astros too. I kind of liked the Astros before they were found out to have done all those things with the cameras and stealing signs and all that Um, because I don't think they needed to do that. They were, they already had a really talented team and it just, ruins it. Um but I just don't agree with the popularity contest that the baseball Hall of Fame has kind of become. Um whether you're voting against someone or not voting for them or whatever you want to say because they were media friendly like come on dude. Like so let's say let's say like a bunch of you know years from now and fernando Tatis junior has this ridiculous career and he is obviously a hall of famer but he was kind of a jerk to the media that for a little bit you're really not going to vote for him to go to the hall of fame yeah like, I, the I fact see your point. That, just just to another just an, another example not like cheating or anything but the fact that ken griffey junior wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer, because one writer didn't vote for him. Really, dude? Yeah, those are just people trying Come to make on. a
1: statement, essentially. And I, if I remember right, I don't even think that person went public with their ballot, if I remember no, right. No, I don't think we ever found out who that was. Um, Yeah, and he probably doesn't want to be found out because he's like, oh, man, I'm probably going to lose my oh, vote. crap. They're going <laughs> to yeah. take it away from me. Um, right. Okay, so looking at next year's ballot, uh, I already kind of mentioned some of the people at the top, but here are some new names, and I'll, 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 I'll frame it this way. I think next year we're going to see a big jump for players like Scott Rowland, who was at 63%. He might even get in next year. I think we'll see a jump for Todd Helton, who's a widely respected, great-hitting first baseman. Not Mm -hmm. awesome. like He wasn't a great fielder. He didn't really do anything other than hit really well in Colorado. I think that context kind of matters. Um, I think we'll see jumps for them maybe one or two other guys like a Gary Sheffield or an Andrew Jones, but they won't get in next year. Here's the reason they're going to see a big jump. Next year's new guys on the ballot, Carlos Beltran, is the far and away best war, career war for a new player next year. Other than that, I mean, did any of these guys strike you as a Hall of Famer? John Lackey, Jared Weaver, (laughs) Jacoby Ellsbury, Johnny Peralta, Jason Wirth, Matt Kane. I mean, some of these guys were good players, maybe even All-Stars at their peak. But these are not Hall of Famers. K-Rod, R.A. Dickey, none of these guys are getting in. And that's why there's no clear-cut guy that's going to get in on the first ballot next year. And that's why I think we'll see jumps for Scott Rowland, who's a great defender and a pretty good hitter at third base. He wasn't bad. He was a pretty good hitter. But he and Carlos Beltran have exactly the same career war. So if he didn't get in on the first ballot, Carlos Beltran probably doesn't deserve to get in on the first ballot. Plus, he's got the scandal over his head. And...
0: Here's the wild card in this too, a rod. Talk about if you're going to be, you know, he was unlikable and not friend of the media. You want a picture of that definition. It's Alex Rodriguez, who is still despite his. All his efforts to become likable. I still can't stand that dude. Oh, I his his color commentary on ESPN, the Sunday Night Baseball awful terrible i could watch that broadcast on mute and it would be better um and just the, the whole like oh i'm dating jennifer lopez like he's just so cringy dude like he's so cringy and obviously he cheated he did steroids and he like we said earlier got the longest suspension in mlb history um but again if if we're saying that it's supposed to be a history of baseball, the hall of fame, a museum of the history of baseball. And if you're going to argue that if you're on the side of, well, it shouldn't matter if they cheated because blah, 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 or whatever, or it shouldn't be a pop- popularity contest with who was likable and who was nice to the media. Does Alex Rodriguez deserve to be in the hall of fame
1: as a player? Statistically? Yes. He's an all-time great. There's no doubt he gets in on statistics alone. The cheating and the fact that he's an admitted cheater, because remember, David Ortiz tested positive too, but it wasn't supposed to be public. He never exactly apologized. He didn't serve any time for it, if memory serves me. Alex Rodriguez did. A lot of time. A lot of time, And missed a lot of money. And Yankees fans were ticked because... Not only did he cheat, and you're mad about that, but also we need you right now. Like we we were
0: supposed to be paying you to be in the middle of our lineup and helping us win a championship. Well, and his doing steroids helped him get two, what, two like ten year contracts, two mega with deals, the, yeah, two huge, gigantic contracts. So it got himself paid. Um, and honestly, like it, it's not even like his cheating really helped any of those teams win the Yankees won in 2009. They won the world series while he was there. But other than that, they, they didn't really, they didn't win any championships with him. The Rangers sure didn't win anything with no. him. The Mariners didn't win anything with him. Um, besides regular season games. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, and, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but when guys like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, were you know play in their primes playing they weren't really testing for steroids no so can you and it's widely just accepted and a known thing that everyone kind of back then was doing it you know like if you weren't if you weren't doing steroids and trying to keep up with everybody you're going to be out of the league um it just gets kind of thrown more on guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Mark McGuire because they were already really good players before they started taking steroids so it kind of just makes it more disappointing at least for me that way but do you do you fault them for using steroids at a time where I don't want to say everyone was doing it because we can't prove that and it's a major assumption but do you Do you fault them for using steroids at an era of baseball when probably the majority of baseball players were using steroids?
1: Yeah, especially it's frustrating, too, when you know those players would have been great without them or at least really, really good. You know, like I know Barry Bonds. Before the point at which everyone kind of assumes he started t- taking steroids, let's let's just say his Pittsburgh Pirates days were when right. he was quote unquote clean. I mean, we don't know that for a fact, but he certainly was a much different physical uh, appearing guy at that point. He was in his a career.
0: leadoff hitter who was fast,
1: but he was also and still hit power. He was power. also the MVP. He (laughs) was a fantastic player. We know he's capable of that even without the steroids. Sammy Sosa probably would have still been a pretty good hitter without the steroids. Uh, Mark McGuire probably still would have been a pretty good hitter without the steroids. But we'll never know what caliber of player is the question. Can I make the case for one last guy before we move on to the Hall of Fame? Yes, please. Go for it. He will be on the ballot next year for his 10th and final season. He got about 30% or so, about a third of the uh, picks for um, the ballot this year. And he's arguably the best second baseman
0: of our generation. Name that player. Are you going to say Jeff Kent? Jeff Kent. Interesting.
1: Jeff Kent, uh, I mean, listen, I'm going strictly off of awards here. Five-time All-Star, not super special, but pretty good. Four-time Silver Slugger pretty awesome mvp mvp now i'm not saying everybody who wins an mvp should be a Hall of famer i'm certainly not, not many saying second
0: that. basemen though win not it. many second basemen win an mvp I and can play in the league
1: of, as long as he did 17 seasons
0: yeah i can only think of one other player that i mean i'm sure there have been more by the way i just can't think of but dustin pedroia is the only one that comes to mind that won an mvp at second base. By the way, Jeff Kent played until he was 40 years old with the Dodgers, and in his
1: final season he hit 280. <laughs> in his final season, right before it's he age retired. his 40 season. Now, his OBP went way down from 375 the year before, which by the way is amazing, to 327, which is I don't know, good. <laughs> it's like league average at that point. Jeff Kent, the longevity of his career, played eh, 90% of it in the National League, let's say. Uh, He was an all-star for the Giants, uh, for the Astros, for the Dodgers, so three different teams. He was on those great San Francisco teams right around the time that Barry Bonds was just going nuts in, like, Mm -hmm. 2001-ish. I mean, Jeff Kent gets completely neglected, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's some scandal I'm unaware of or something, (laughs) but, like, there's not a lot of second baseman I put over him since the 1990s. I mean... Jose Altuve has won the MVP before. So maybe since Jeff Kent, Altuve probably deserves some recognition. But there's not a lot of second basemen that stand out the way Jeff Kent did.
0: It's not really like a premier position either, you know? Like, no. If you're one of the best hitters on the team, you're probably either short, playing short, third base, first base. You're on a corner corner outfield. Yeah. You're on a corner somewhere. somewhere, Yeah. I mean, Mike Trout is center fielder, you know? Um, But. Yeah, I mean, you you might have a point there. I feel like Manny, he's just Manny, one that Manny gets Ramirez out. too is an interesting name that's still on the ballot. Yeah, but that but one he's got more controversy than most he of these guys. Sure does, but like, guess what? Though he was likable. True, Would you say Manny Ramirez is likable. Manny being Manny, you know mm-hmm. all that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I don't like the guy because he ruined the Diamondbacks. Uh, what year is that? Two thousand and nine season 2008 2009 season when he went to the dodgers and was using using steroids at the time so maybe the best uh, second half of a season ever yeah manny wood and all that yeah um but yeah okay i'll just so before we move on i'll just because we haven't really asked the question of ourselves i'll ask you do you think barry bonds should be in the hall of fame yeah yeah I, I agree. And
1: I'll take it back to what I said earlier. I mean, I've been to the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is already in there. <laughs> if you look hard enough, you can find the best players in the sports history, mm-hmm. whether they, whether they've been enshrined or not. The Baseball Hall of Fame, to me, and I understand that this is just an opinion-based thing, and other people are allowed to have their opinions opposite of mine, but to me, the Hall of Fame should be a museum of the greatest players that ever played the game. If they're a bad person, maybe you provide the context you know, like, hey, it's worth noting there was controversy. If you go to,
0: if you go to, I don't know, who's a good person? Well, why about not just put on their plaque? Hey, this person did steroids. Well,
1: not even, not even this on this person plaque, played maybe. in this
0: era. Maybe not even on the plaque.
1: Maybe you give them the plaque and you give them that. They made it in based on, on statistics. But then I don't know. Maybe in the museum you have context. Everybody's Wikipedia page has a controversies tab. <laughs> Why can't we do that in the Hall of Fame? And, and I'm not saying you make a corner of the room where it's like, these are the bad people. This is where we put all the people who went to hell. No, like, <laughs> like I'm just saying maybe context matters. Like, there's no reason yeah. we can't teach our bad history. By the way, the United States of America has some pretty dark history. Have you to ever it. read a history book? Right. Like. <laughs> I mean, baseball's no different. We didn't, bad allow, everywhere. we didn't allow we didn't allow African American players into the major league baseball until like halfway through its existence. If you want to right. think of it that way, baseball's been around since the 1800s, and we didn't allow them into the game until Jackie Robinson. So. I mean, you tell me, how much of baseball's history is controversial? And I'm not saying that controversy is good. I'm not condoning any of the things these players did. I think Barry Bonds was a cheater. I don't like that. I don't like that Roger Clemens cheated. I don't like that Curt Schilling said some of the things that he has said since retiring and done some of the things that he's done. But at the same time, I recognize these are the greatest players in our game's history and we can't just get rid of them. We can't just eliminate yeah. them from our history. They're a part of our history. We can tell it
0: with context. I agree. I completely I completely agree. I don't know how you would tell that context. I don't either. We can figure that out, In though. In the Hall. We should ask Josh Rowich. <laughs> we, should, we should talk to Josh. Yeah, the, the new president uh, of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, former Diamondback. Um, we know him. We know him. Yeah, we do. Um, But... I just want like cuz we, we keep saying like oh they're they're in the Hall of Fame their stuff is in there. Just again, I think it's a major difference being inducted into the Hall of Fame than having your bat or your glove or your uniform in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure Tyler Gilbert has his uniform is in the Hall of Fame because he threw a no-hitter in his first right. start. Well, and keep you in know? mind
1: too, keep in mind like I just gave you my opinion, right? And you happen to agree with me on this. But The Hall of Fame isn't a this or that. It's not 100% this or 100% that. These are writers, I'm I'm guessing, I don't know how many, but well over 100 writers who make these decisions and who vote on these players. And if Barry Bonds is the perfect example, then two-thirds of people, two-thirds of those writers agree with you and me.
0: Right. One-third
1: does not. And that's okay. That's okay.
0: It's almost like when you look up a movie on Rotten Tomatoes and it it's getting a 60 percent review in that people like it and you're like oh i mean that's not that high but when you think about it over half the people that have seen that movie think it's good yeah they think it's a good movie so over half of the writers that vote on this thing and again i'm like you i don't know how many exactly have a vote or actually cast that vote because wasn't it like like Dan Lebatard, who had a hall of fame vote and he just decided to sell it or something. I can't remember, but uh sounds like a bit for their show to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, but 66 point, whatever percent it was, think Barry Bonds is a hall of famer and you can agree with that or not. Like you said, it's completely fine either way. I think he belongs in the hall of fame even though I don't like Barry Bonds, I like you. I believe that he cheated. I believe that he used steroids. Um, It's pretty obvious he used steroids, even though it was never officially proven. Um, But I I, I think I'm, I side with what Jeff passed said, and I know his stuff is in the hall of fame, the ball that he hit to to take the the lead from Hank Aaron home runs, um, probably his bat and his uniform and all that stuff. But I just feel like you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball without the guy who hit more home home runs than anyone else in existence in Major League Baseball. Right. It's it's just kind of it's just this holier than thou concept that the Hall of Fame voting has become. Right. Just the people that want to, quote, keep the game, you know, pure or whatever you want to call it. Baseball purists that don't think he belongs there because he wasn't either one, the steroids, which I understand. And then two, he was unlikable or not nice to the media, which is just a total personal thing. And you're taking the baseball out of it at that point.
1: Can I point something else out about Barry Bonds, too? Yes. He had eight gold gloves. What? Barry Bonds had eight gold gloves. Really? Barry Bonds had more gold gloves than MVPs. He had seven (laughs) MVPs. Now, uh, normally I would read that stat in reverse because it would be more impressive. But at the same time, the guy who has the most MVPs in the league had more gold
0: gloves. Think about that for a second. Isn't the gold glove, especially maybe not so much now because there are so many analytics to look at defensively and stuff. But I feel like a lot of the time gold glove awards were given to guys who were just good hitters at their positions i
1: i don't know i mean i think back to not that he's a bad hitter but i mean david peralta won a gold glove three years ago
0: yeah that's not a guy who's hitting 50 more home runs when, a year when barry bonds was winning those gold gloves you know um, what i mean i don't know i mean we're, was where I, I feel like the gold glove award was somewhat of a popularity contest at one point too is
1: it wrong that i assume that he probably won them earlier in his career too Let's see, Gold Glove. No, his that's first not one, wrong. His first one was in Pittsburgh, second one Pittsburgh, third one Pittsburgh. Yeah, he won a couple in San Francisco. One, two, three, four, five. He won five of them in Pittsburgh or in uh, San Francisco,
0: sorry. Really? He all won right. five in San Francisco. So five out, five out of the eight? Yeah, three right, in Pittsburgh right. and five in San Francisco. <laughs> now, okay. he was
1: a great hitter during all of them, so your point still remains. Sure. Uh, He won MVPs during, what, three three of those seasons where he also won a gold glove, and that's part of the reason he won MVP. My my simple point that I was trying to make is, let's not forget that the greatest hitter of all time was also a really, really, really good outfielder uh, at his peak as well. Let's move to another topic. Uh, Something that we talked about last week was the MLB and the MLBPA meeting up. Uh, this week to talk for the second time about a possible deal to uh, I don't know make this a sport again <laughs> because baseball doesn't exist right now because there is no CBA they're negotiating that right now they met again on Tuesday what is the absolute latest that you can give us Bear about what these two sides are arguing over
0: I am reading this from the Twitter account I'm I feel like I've mentioned Jeff in multiple way too many times on this show but it's, he's great so I'm going to do it no matter what you can leave me alone um he tweeted two days ago uh the labor talks are over here's what happened mlb agreed to accept parameters of a pre-arbitration bonus pool for the top three uh top 30 wins above replacement players so basically the better young players are going to get paid more here's the issue and it's a big issue and they're very far apart the mlb players association was seeking 105 million dollars for that bonus pool the league offered 10 million dollars <laughs> which
1: what which divided a up a joke divided up amongst all the players who are eligible for arbitration yeah that's it's like nothing, nothing yeah.
0: yeah nothing so i feel like you know the league right there is that you 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 go into trade in your car and you know what your car is worth you know you've you've done the research you you've looked it up on on Kelly blue book or whatever, and you know what your car's worth. And then the, the dealership you take it to, to trade it in says, Oh, well, um, we're going to give you, you know, 5,000 less, like they're going to lowball you, you know, you, we think you're worth way less than that. That's what that made me think of, um, again. And then, so to continue that, um, MLB offered a uh, minimum raise to six hundred fifty thousand dollars. The PA, the Player Association, wants seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. And then at the end of this tweet, it goes: MLB then withdrew offer to change the arbitration structure.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what I hear so they're from basically
0: that... back from where they to where they started.
1: So what I hear on that particular issue is the players are saying we want to have a-, a pool of money to draw from that can help us. Increase the pay of young players in their what is it fourth fifth or sixth season still under team control kind of we want to give them a chance to earn more money if they're a superstar level player like if you're a Fernando Tatis Jr. and you're going into your fourth year let's assume he hadn't signed that mega deal already right uh, and you're going into that year and technically the team can pay you five hundred thousand <laughs> but you're worth like I don't know thirty five <laughs> forty million a year and Then we'll give you a little something. That's what the players right. are arguing for. They just want a little something in case they're and, a really good player. And, and, and it sounds players, to me like the owners don't want to do that at all. So they offered a completely low number for the option, basically telling them, "No, nah, we don't even like that idea." But all right, if you want ten million, and they're
0: like, "No, we don't want ten million," like, "All right, great." <laughs> then we rescind our ten million. And what's crazy about that? Them off the league offering that low number is in the labor talks in the previous meeting the players said that they were going to they were going to withdraw their proposal for players to reach free agency earlier than those 6 years of club control right so like the fact that the league sent in such a lowball number as a counter to the the players association wanting 105 million dollars was kind of surprising to me i'm like but the players already kind of took so the players saying okay well if we can't be free agents after six years, we want more money yeah. in those arbitration years. They were willing the, to take to take a little bit of the blow there. They're like, all right, right. We'll, we'll give a little. What will you give? And they're like, ten million. They're
1: like, Oh, that's not even a real thing.
0: Right. It's just, that's not gonna work. And then Passon goes on to add, he goes, There there was never going to be a deal uh two days ago. He says, His takeaway a pre arbitration bonus pool gets the best young players paid more. Players wanted it, and it's good, it's a good thing for them. The players, though, are laughing at the $10 million offer, and I don't blame them at all. That's me not passing saying that. It's far too <laughs> low. Negotiations will change that. Well, yeah, now they're going to have to, like, super negotiate. We want 105. We want 10. Okay. How about 100? How about 100? Okay, 15. You know, like, <laughs> really? Uh, how long is that going to take to get to the number that they want?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I understand. It doesn't feel like they're really super
0: close on any sort of deal that's going to get this doesn't it kind of feel like, started. Go ahead. Doesn't it kind of feel like it's just kind of like, well, we have till we have till the end of February. Let's just joke around. I, well, I'll that be. Kind
1: of, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know that that's the deadline because I mean, what is it? Spring training is scheduled to start February 26th if it were to start on time, right? The I games, yeah. yeah but I, but I, I'm telling the you, dude. Players report way before that. I'm telling you, if I'm an MLB owner, the real deadline in the back of my head is whatever day the first game of the season is, regular season. Because I'm not losing yeah. out on that much if there's no spring training. Now I, I I do need to get the players ready to go, and and we could right. probably do that at our facilities, you know, by ourselves. We don't have to play another team. We can play each other. We have like play, a hey, hundred, summer camp again. Yeah, Yay. we have like hundreds of minor league players in our system. We'll just fly them all to Arizona or fly them to Florida, and we'll play each other. That's not a big deal. But my point is. If you're an owner, what you're really worried about is missing regular season games. That's a deadline I think will actually put pressure on these negotiations, not the start of spring training. They could do a two-week spring training and be fine, I think.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I agree. Um, it'll suck for local you know, businesses and stuff, like in Arizona, that kind of rely on the boom in march of you know all the cubs fans that are here and because uh, that's huge the cubs fans like that's their vacation yeah, right. <laughs> they come to arizona to watch the cubs play spring training it's true. spring training games um but all you know all the area in the areas in the valley a lot of businesses you know rely on the boost in the economy during that time so but I agree with you. I think the main goal is to start the season on time and not miss regular season games. Well,
1: think of it this way. Spring training, if it were to start on time, would be about a month from today. It's a month from yesterday, technically, right? And so you have four weeks. If you're a business, I don't know, let's say you're one of the teams uh, and you're trying to get spring training operations up and going, you need to hire people seasonally, by the way. These are people who have other jobs. Uh, probably right so you have to hire people seasonally uh i'm talking concessions i'm talking game operations i'm talking parking uh, lot crews all of that yeah and, and then businesses around the ballparks are also thinking that way. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. we're going to see a spring training boost. We're going to need more staff. We're going to need, I don't know, we're going through COVID stuff still. So we, we got to figure out, uh, you know, is there going to be more space or whatever? Supply. <laughs> Supply and demand. Yeah, we're going through inflation. So all these teams are going through this like they have to figure that out in the next four weeks. And they don't even know if people are going to be showing up four weeks from now for spring mm-hmm. training because these guys are still busy. Fighting over whether or not it's going to be a ten million dollar pool or a thirty million dollar pool, or or are we going to have arbitration, or are we not going to have arbitration? Do we get five years? Do we get six years before we hit free agency? These are things that are going on, and I understand they're important, and that they're not really close on a deal, but at least there's talking. That's a good thing, I think. I mean, it's been described as quote unquote useful dialogue between the two sides. That's more than I thought we were going to get at this point, to be honest. But think about all the businesses and all the teams that have to look at the situation and be like, we got to be ready in four weeks whether they're coming or not
0: yeah i mean i'm with you i'm it this is better than them not doing anything i guess uh it's still kind of discouraging to see that because i still like that 10 million dollar counter offer to a 105 million dollar pool the players association wanted Is just a joke like yeah really like you thought they were going to be like you know what $10 million is fair. Let's accept that. You know, like what, what, what was, why would you even throw that out there? That's so dumb. Well,
1: at the same time, the players are coming out and asking for, what is it like a hundred million? Hundred and five. I mean, do you really expect MLB owners to no. just pick, cough up a hundred million dollars? No, I don't either. So I see it both ways, but it, I think we're on the same page with this. And tell me if I'm right or wrong. But it feels to me like the players are given a little bit. Like they're like, all right, we can we can handle waiting six years instead of five to get to free agency. We'll give you that. Uh, okay, we need a pool. Uh, maybe we can negotiate a number. What do you guys got? And the owners come back and they lowball, and the players are like, what What the hell? We just we just gave you a free year of ownership over us. Yeah, essentially. It, like why doesn't that count right for anything? Now.
0: Yeah. It feels like right now the players are the ones making all the sacrifices. I mean, sacrifices, like I use air quotes around that Yeah, they're, they're, giving they're the still making millions of dollars, but they're the ones. Yeah. They're the ones conceding some things. Um, I was shocked when I read that the players are willing to um, withdraw that proposal of getting to free agency early because I mean you've seen time and time again the whole issue of manipulating service time come up with with these negotiations and you know it happened to Chris Bryant with the Cubs I think it happened with Mike Trout too and just these organizations just trying to keep these guys as long as possibly as, as long as they possibly can and I was surprised when I read that the other day that the players were willing to say you know what that's fine and honestly if I think it's fair that they want to be paid more in those arbitration uh, those arbitration years. If they can't be free to sign wherever they want for how much they want, like you should be paying them a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm disappointed because we're still stuck on these these issues and these are bigger, more important issues than the one I'm about to bring up. But I'm a little disappointed that we haven't gotten to the DH.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been annoying. It's been all I mean. I should. We should all expect it, and I, I don't shouldn't think be we're going to be shocked. Even, I don't think they're even going to do it. I don't think they're even going to talk a, about it. But all the negotiation like uh, details that have been released, have all been about money, 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 money. And like, I get that, and that's all that these negotiations are really about, anyway. And you throw the little things in there, like the universal DH later, I guess, or the expanded playoffs, which are also about money. Um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't but, heard anything on that either, right? And it's just like things that are that could change the game of baseball we're not hearing about it's all about arbitration bonus money pools and free agency years and all that stuff that that's all we've been hearing about it doesn't mean that they haven't been talking about it but i would like to know if you know our pitchers ever going to hit step into the batter's box ever again yeah Um, and and
1: think about all the teams i mean there's still a lot of free agents out there by the way like hundreds of people who are still sign (laughs) cannot sign teams can't make trades which you know this is around the time that people would start to finalize their rosters this is this is when free agency goes nuts in the past couple of years is in late january early february because you're running out of time it's the same thing you're up against the clock and you got to make something happen and so this is the time that would be happening a lot of those players are still sitting at home on the couch wondering, all right, am I going to have time to even sign with a team? Are they going to announce, hey, we're starting uh, the sports back. We're starting tomorrow. Am I going to have any time to even find a team? Are teams going to go nuts and
0: sign a bunch of dudes like in the matter of two hours? I don't know. And if they do decide to have a universal DH, that changes half the league's mindset. Yes. It changes, it, or I mean, you don't have to change your whole mindset, but it changes your roster construction for yes. half the half MLB. And the fact that that stuff isn't hammered out yet is just weird. And it's dumb. Like, it's stupid. The season is supposed to start in like two months.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know how they can fix this. I mean, inevitably, every, what is it, on like 10 years or so, we come across this, they have to negotiate a new deal. And I get that. And I get also, too, that the most concessions and the most success with these negotiations happens at the midnight hour. It happens when you're up against the clock. I understand that. That's how most negotiations go. But is there a way they could find, I don't know, could they find a way to do these negotiations while they're still in the previous deal? And instead of the deadline being the day before spring training is supposed to start, right. make the deadline maybe, like, hey, before we go into the
0: offseason, let's know what we're doing. Let's, let's maybe, know that we have a sport. Maybe just don't accept that they're gonna, there's going to be a lockout. Like that was just like, eh, there's going to be a lockout. Nothing we can do. Yes, there is. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I, it's, there, it was just so widely accepted by everyone. That's like, yeah, there's going to be a lockout and we're going to have an intense labor negotiation. Why? Why is that just acceptable? I, I, I don't know. And now you could lose games over it and lose money.
1: I would like for them to vote on the uh, universal DH. That way we can get more DHs in baseball and therefore put more people in the Hall of Fame because that is how David Ortiz got in. DHs in in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Well, I mean, David Ortiz got in. uh, We mentioned earlier, 78-ish percent of the vote, and it's his first year on the ballot. Very likable guy. I still think if uh, he had tested positive the way that he did in 2003, if he had done that in, like, 2017, I don't think he gets in. And uh, we could go through that debate all day long. But remember, there are going to be other DHs that come along the line that are Hall of Fame caliber players. Nelson Cruz has like 450-ish home runs. If Nelson Cruz has two more really good years hitting 30 home runs each, we're talking about a guy who has 500 home runs. That's a Hall of Famer. But he's been popped for steroid use, so... Again, we're going to be going through this cyclically because the designated hitter, as it grows in this sport, and I guarantee you at some point it will be league-wide because no one wants to pay to go see a pitcher hit three times a game. (laughs) Eventually, we're going to be coming into more and more designated hitters who are going to be in the same position. Now, they might not have controversy like David Ortiz or Nelson Cruz, but they will have careers that will be successful and hopefully— more Hall of Famers who are DHs. Zach
0: Granke going to be so pissed. Well, Zach granky's not going to be around on.
1: much longer in baseball. Is that fair to say? I mean, he's like, what, 36, 35? Zach,
0: Zach Granke is going to, wherever he lands, I think he's a free agent, wherever he, he lands, if there's a universal DH, he's going to try to convince that manager to put him in as the DH. He's
1: 38. He's older than I thought he was. He's not going to be around that long. By the way, Zach Granke could totally be a general manager in baseball. I could totally see that.
0: I would love to be in on a trade call with him.
1: Like you know I would how love to be on that
0: conference call.
1: Uh, you know how uh the former pitcher Chris Young, I have to say former pitcher because, you know, there's also D-backs Chris Young. Um Chris Young the pitcher is the general manager in Texas with the Rangers. Right. And it and it makes me think of like James Jones with the Suns. Uh it makes me think of apparently today the Jacksonville Jaguars are hiring Adrian Wilson as their general manager reportedly reportedly. Yeah. I guess that's not fact yet, but reportedly that's what's happening. Zach Greinke could totally feel like a GM straight out of baseball. Yeah.
0: From all that we've heard is that he would come to Mike Hazen and be like, Hey, I like this guy in single a, I've been watching him and I'm like, you're still playing like you're right. you're, You're still the ace of the diamondbacks right now. You're talking to Mike Hazen about a guy in single a who looks pretty good. I Are didn't he, even, I didn't even plan on going it? down this road, <laughs> but I mean
1: like, yeah. think of him like the way that James Jones got put into his role. Initially you hire him to be underneath somebody and yeah. then, and then he's just kind of waiting in the wings and then boom, when they're gone, boom, he gets hired. It, I mean, you put him underneath like a, a guy who has total control of an organization, like a Dave Dombrowski, or I don't know who Granky has great relationships with. Maybe it's Mike Hazen, um, but you put <laughs> him under, you put him underneath somebody who's got that VP of player, whatever title. And then eventually Taking they become the head of scouting. Yeah, but you become the GM under one of those guys. So you're not the guy right. who has total control, but you're still the GM. It's like what yeah. Hazen was under <laughs> Dombrowski in Boston.
0: I would just wouldn't you love to be on a conference call with a GM calling Zach Greinke to have a trade talks and see what he says. He would probably straight up tell you your offer sucks and then hang up the phone. I would love to just sit in the stands with Zach during a game watching a minor, just,
1: watching a minor league game. Yeah. With good, you know, with good prospects, obviously, but right. But uh, the other thing is Zach Granke doesn't want to sit in the stands with me or anybody else, m- much less talk to anybody during a game. I feel like that's not really his thing, but yeah, I think he could definitely be an executive. By the way,
0: Zach Granke probably wouldn't want to be elected to the Hall of Fame because it would be too much of a hassle. Could you imagine his Hall of Fame speech? <laughs> oh, give it to me, please. He could do it on Zoom. He'd probably literally get up there and say, uh thanks this is pretty cool and then that'd be it (laughs)
1: this is uh something yeah no i i've wondered for a while if zach cranky is a hall of fame caliber pitcher I mean, he's one Cy youngs he's he's been very good on multiple different teams yeah Uh, he's been very productive for a long time
0: i feel like a fringe fringe guy you think he's fringe the hall of fame he his yeah. his
1: one season in uh, L. A. where he had a like a one ERA. Yeah, or it was in the ones. I shouldn't say it was one. It was in the sub ones. Two. Yeah, it was a sub two ERA. One of the best seasons I've ever seen a pitcher have. And you don't get in on one good season. But I mean, like, I look at Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax burned very hot for for a very short yeah. time, and he gets in. So I don't right. know. Zach Greinke was pretty good. Maybe he's a Hall of Famer. in in a couple of years. He's still playing, by the way. He's a free agent, like you mentioned, so he'll be looking for a team. All right, so we talked. uh, Hall of Fame voting. David Ortiz, the sole new member of the Hall of Fame. Is that fair or foul? Well, you can decide for yourself, but the steroid guys are going to be dropping off of the ballot next year. It will become a very interesting debate moving forward. All right, thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, along with Cody Fincher, the Bear, It is the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.
0: Um, I always thought he was kind of a douche. I don't know if I can say that. You might want to cue mark that.